Welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. We've made it to episode 50. Woo woo! They said our marriage wouldn't last. I mean, they said this podcast <laughs> wouldn't last. But we made it. It's episode 50. It is. And to commemorate that, I'm wearing a pretty boss uh, scar shirt that I got from Hot Topic. Great place to get all of your Disney needs. Not a sponsor. No, but they do have a lot of Disney stuff. I was thinking, it's been 50 episodes, and we do not have a name for our listeners. We don't have like a fan name. (laughs) And so I I was thinking, that's maybe something we should think of. I have no ideas for it. I think that we should call our fans mom. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. But So I think if any of our listeners have any ideas of what our fandom should be called let us know let us know on facebook or instagram we're at enchanted ears podcast on both and maybe if somebody comes up with a good one and we like it we'll give them some sort of prize momsketeers momsketeers <laughs> okay so okay caveat something without mom in it yeah. so maybe so yeah so if, if they, we'll think about it but if somebody uh one of our listeners comes up with something let us know we're open for suggestions here and then yeah, maybe maybe we'll have some sort of small menial prize. For oh the winner, yeah, that would be pretty cool. For the winner if somebody gets something. So oh, now I'm gonna try to get it. Hosts of the Enchanted Ears podcast are not eligible for this prize. <laughs> oh man! So. All right, so kind of jumping into Disney news. So if you have not seen Avengers Endgame this weekend. You apparently are probably one of like three people that haven't because it <laughs> blew the doors off of the box office. So it exceeded. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, so we've seen it twice. We're going to be recording a spoiler special, so we won't be discussing any spoilers on this week's podcast. So we're, don't worry about it. Yeah, we're going to do a, a special kind of spoiler episode, and we'll probably we ha- we're going to record that today. I'm thinking we'll release it next week it's going to be an addition to our normal episode but i want to give everybody another week to see it before we kind of release it so probably at some point next week we'll be releasing that yeah on top of our normal episode so the opening weekend um came in the box office numbers are in it did 1.2 billion dollars globally in the opening weekend which is just staggering that is double what the previous record was which was held by infinity war last year (laughs) it's already made more money than Captain Marvel has made. In That's what, incredible. So Captain Marvel it's came been out, out for what? Like kind of sort of four days. We'll, we'll say. Right. So five days yeah, because it opened internationally days. for five days. So in five days, it's made as much money as Captain Marvel has made to date. It It's already made like 350. They're, they're projecting 340 to 350 million just domestically opening weekend. So it's just staggering. And I'll say, like we said, we went to see it twice, sold out both times. Theaters, the first time, we actually, our there was, theater, there, was a few what, seats. there were definitely seats. The people in front of us didn't show up, which was excellent because I could put my feet up on the back of their chair. But it was pretty much, yeah, but they're pretty yeah, much Yeah, but it was, it was pretty full. And theaters are open 24 hours a day. They're selling out 4 a.m. showings, 7 a.m. showings. I mean, you have to be, I mean, we, we went the night of, but man, you have to be super hardcore to want to go at 4 a.m. I am not doing anything at 4 a.m. Yeah, that's that's a little early. So it'll be interesting to see how the second weekend goes. You know, did everybody who wanted to see it just go see it immediately? Because with a movie like this, there was so much fear of 
don't tell me spoilers. I don't want to know what happens. I have to stay off social media because I don't want anything ruined for me. So I do think there some of it could just be that everybody had to go opening weekend because they knew it would be spoiled otherwise. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next weekend, the following weekends. I do think since now it's going to get a ton of publicity as like the biggest opening movie ever of all time by far, that there'll be a lot of people that didn't go or only kind of vaguely interested that go, wow, that must be a really good movie. (laughs) I need to go see why it's making all this money. So I think it'll still hold up well. Does it have a chance to beat Avatar all time at $2.7 billion? I mean, it's almost halfway there in in five days, but I I think it. I think it will. I think it'll be close. I think Amsterdamus says it will. If they would have released this in like December, um, you know, kind of like when they've been releasing Star Wars, and then you have two or three months before any other major movie comes out, I think it could have easily done three billion dollars. Now, in a couple of weeks, you're gonna have some Detective Pikachu. I think that's gonna take some of the younger demographics away. It's gonna run up in, into I mean, the Shazam's summer movies out too, isn't it? Right now, yes, yeah, Shazam came out a couple of weeks ago. Captain Marvel is still out, yeah. so I, I think you're gonna run into the summer where it's gonna lose some momentum, so it won't. It won't play as long uh, as it could have, so I think it'll be close. But I think it definitely breaks, probably probably beats Titanic. It, it may be the second biggest movie of all time if it doesn't beat Avatar. Yeah, I think it'll beat Avatar though. Yeah, I think it's I think it's close. So uh, the other uh, kind of couple pieces of Disney news revolve around Star Wars, so they're all Star Wars related. So the the first thing is it's coming out of Star Wars Celebration. He's gonna he's gonna play me in there. That's Angela's magical pan flute playing for our listeners. So listen soon for your pan flute CD. And then oh, we're gonna yes. do a pan just a pan flute recording of all your favorite Disney songs. All, and all I your will favorite sing, songs that can be played with eight notes. And I will sing. No sharps or flats. And and we will call it Hopefully Your Ears Don't Bleed. The yeah, soundtrack. I was say, we will call it. We will call it. We'll buy all the copies of them. I'll pay you up. to stop. I will pay yes, you to stop. I will singing. pay you to stop. <laughs> so, all right. So, out of Star Wars celebration, some additional news. So, Kathleen Kennedy confirmed that they're going to be making. They're going to be taking a break and making new Star Wars movies. So, after Episode Nine comes out this year, sounds like I think they learned their lesson. Good idea. Yeah. yeah, I think they learned their lesson from Solo that, unlike Marvel, where people will go see two or three of those movies a year. People may not want to see Star Wars movies as frequently. They're still working on two new trilogies that aren't related to the Skywalker saga, but it sounds like they're going to take a few years and they're going to focus on the Disney Plus streaming shows. Mm-hmm. So the well, the, the um, Mandalorian and the other shows. It seems to me like they just didn't cultivate that movie, like those movies as well as they cultivate a lot of the Marvel movies. That's the thing. The problem with Star Wars is... All of the movies relate around one set of characters, whereas Marvel has it, – it never started with, hey, we only have three characters. It was always this is a universe with a lot of different characters in it, and Star Wars was this is a universe with basically three main characters, Han Solo, Princess Leia, and Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. and so you get fatigued whenever you see – a movie a year about the same characters. So I think once they start these other trilogies and you have, you know, 
far distant past, the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic, maybe one set. You have some in the future. I think that will help the fatigue a little bit because then it'll be more like Marvel and it's just an expanded universe. But until then, I think this is a smart move. Um, the other thing that was announced, so we had talked about before with Galaxy's Edge, they're going to be doing a reservation system at Disneyland. So they announced that the reservations will open on May 2nd. So you'll, the website to sign up will be May 2nd. And you're getting a four-hour window. So we had talked about that there's going to be a, st- a start yeah. and an end time. Now, it sounds like, based on early reports, that Disney's not going to enforce that four-hour time, that it's going to be kind uh. of... It's going to kind of be an honor system. Like you can enter at 10 and you're supposed to be out by two, but they're not necessarily going to be checking you. Because I think it's going to be hard because it's probably yeah. going to be a four hour wait just to ride the ride. Right. So I, I feel like you are better off getting there early. Well, <laughs> like it's, a, res- early it's a reservation. Once- it's They're going to tell you what time you sign yeah, up well, and they're going to tell you what time. If you try to get a reservation, though, I would recommend the earlier ones. You'll get more bang for your buck and also you won't run into the crowds of people who stay past their time because they don't want to follow the honor system exactly i think i think they're gonna see how it goes and then if people they find that everybody's staying and nobody's leaving then they probably will start enforcing it and being shock collars they'll get a shock collar and being strict it'll be kind of like you know those dot like the dog collars they put on them whenever they go out of the yard that the invisible fence collars just like that (laughs) okay so that i think they may start being stricter with it but uh, at least initially, they're not going to be doing that. So, all right. So, we talked about uh, last week, we did our trip recap, and we mentioned that this week we're going to be discussing Orange Bird. Um, so, that's, some, that's something that we really didn't know too much about. But at the Flower and Garden Festival this year, they had an Orange Bird slushy in a commemorative uh, cup, an Orange Bird cup. And it, you know, it was doing very well. Everybody was really excited. Orange bird, orange bird, orange bird. And so we kind of looked into it a little bit and found out, you know, who, like what is this orange bird? And he had a pretty cool history with Disney. So we kind of thought we would talk about it. Angel, you, you did a lot of research and, and found some things on him. So we kind of thought we would discuss his backstory and why he, he's so popular and has kind of a place in the hearts of a lot of Disney fans, even though he's not a I wouldn't say he's, he's not a, a he's, not, he's a, not very famous. I, like, he is a Disney character, but like he's not a Disney character. Like he he's he has his own cartoons and things, but they're not like mainstreamy um, or they're overly mainstreamed. I don't know. We'll get into it. Yeah. So, so, so go ahead. My first question, though, for is for you. And it's when was the first time you ever heard of Orange Bird? Like I said, when I heard about these drinks at the Flower and Garden Festival, I heard people talking about, oh, that these orange bird cups were very popular and there was long lines for them. And, you know, how do I get one of these? That was the first time I think I'd ever really heard of orange bird. Maybe I'd heard of him before. I don't remember. And if I had before, I didn't realize he was connected to Disney in any way. Yeah. So how about you? Uh, so I listened to this podcast called Good Job Brain. It's like a, uh, like a, trivia podcast and one of the hosts karen was obsessed with orange bird and i had no idea i think that she actually did a whole um like segment one time on him but i had no idea who he was before her i had to look him up and try to figure out more about him but he is actually this really cute orange 
canary-like bird. He has his head is shaped like a giant orange, and he has leaves for like little hair on top of his head, and his wings are made out of leaves, and he has leaf ta- tail feathers. So he has like a yellow belly and feet. So he's he's pretty adorable. And would you like to take a guess on how he communicates, Joe? Well, I know how he communicates because you told me. So he cannot talk. This is the craziest thing. Now, before <laughs> before we discuss this, though, taking a step back. So he was created in what the sixties, well, seventies. I'm going to well, go into but the this. Ad. But I think that kind of <laughs> explains how he, why he communicates so strangely. So what year was he created? Uh, late seven or like late sixties, early seventies. Okay, so when he started appearing, I think. It was so late he did 60s. not. So. At that point in time, this probably sounded like a good idea. Now it seems super strange. So he cannot talk. He communicates, and it sounds weirder, but when you see it, it's not that strange. He communicates with like a smoke cloud shooting out of his head, and yeah. you can see his thoughts. Yeah. So, so it, go ahead. It, yeah. It the way that they describe it, it's orange puffs of smoke. So then I'm like, well, what, were they? Were they forming into something? So there are cartoons, which I kind of already said. So when we watched the cartoons, we saw that it basically just creates a thought bubble yeah, it's a with thought another bubble. animation yeah. it, inside it makes sense. the thought yeah, It bubble. sounds strange. He communicates via smoke thoughts. And it's like, I mean, is he sending smoke signals or something? <laughs> you know, crazy like that. But no, yeah, it's it's essentially just a thought bubble on a cartoon. Yeah, and, and so they and other characters can see his thought bubble and nobody's right. talking. But about. it's not like he was created whenever they didn't have talking cartoons because <laughs> the cartoon that he's in, the other birds in the cartoon talk, and they're like, "Why can't this bird talk?" Yeah, it's probably because he has an orange for a brain. <laughs> That's probably well, why. But, but we've already established his brains are delicious. Yes, <laughs> the slushy is uh, delicious. Which we'll go into a little bit more later. But uh, just to kind of go back to what you were talking about, the year is 1967. And Paint me a picture. Okay. We're getting ready to go to the moon. Okay. Oh, continue. Continue. Oh, I was oh, just okay. laying around. We're getting ready to go You're to the moon. You're going into the history here, like outside of Disney. But, and freaking me out because I don't know a lot about that. And at the same time, man has figured out how to fuse orange and bird together <laughs> to create not the orange yet. bird. No, oh, not, not quite yet. Okay. We're not there yet. Okay, we're not there yet. So Disney's building a new theme park in Orlando, Florida, uh, for somewhere in the ballpark of four hundred million dollars. That is, do you want to take a guess on how much that is in today's money? Over a billion, I would say. Yeah, it was when I checked. So I know that inflation kind of adjusts almost daily, but at the time, it was it's two billion six hundred twenty million six hundred thirty nine thousand one hundred seventy five dollars and 26 cents so because of the hefty price tag uh disney would try to partner with different companies to put these kinds of uh like attractions in and they would create like these partnerships to help them pay so right because that's i mean that's how walt built disneyland he essentially had a partnership with abc and he said, I want to build this theme park, which Disneyland cost $17 million at the time. So he said, I need you know, $17 million. And TV was new. So ABC said, if you make us television shows, we'll pay for your theme park. So that's how Disney got into kind of Disney Channel and like Walt Disney Presents and all those shows. He created all those shows in exchange for sponsorship money to help fund Disneyland. Huh. 
So it's a similar, so like, as you said, Disney has a long history of getting sponsorships to pay for things. Chevrolet sponsors test tracks, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So they, Disney teamed up with the Florida Citrus Growers, which is a segment of the Florida Citrus Commission. I bet they grow oranges. I bet they do. So I envision this scene. This is the scene I want to picture for you. So imagine a long border. Paint me a picture. Paint me a visual picture in my mind. Okay, long boardroom. Long boardroom table with a bunch of dudes, because you know there weren't any women in, in the room in 1967, sit in, sitting at the table in their suits. They are all chain smoking because yep, back then yep. they didn't care. This is, so, where, this is where the smoke clouds came from. Yeah, probably. Okay. So they're all chain smoking, and, and Disney's sitting there. Um, I'm not talking about Walt Disney. Disney, the, the company, uh, they're sitting there, and they're like, we need money here, she, and we think that you could help us, she, and then they... So now they're like old-timey gangsters yep. at the same time? Basically. Okay, okay. Basically. So uh, they say that, and then uh, <laughs> fast forward a few years, and they have a contract in 1969. That's the year we went to the moon. See, I told you the moon landing. Is it a conspiracy that the moon landing and Orange Bird came around at the same time? I think not. I was going to say, I think so. so uh a little more about him so after disney had kind of accepted this contract they had to create the character so don mclaughlin of the walt disney company created the preliminary designs and the final design was fine was completed by bob moore so it was a definitely kind of a labor of love don don did a lot of the early work and then uh bob did the finishing work and then vince jeffords uh, he authored two dozen Disney-related children's books, some of which we probably have in our closet right here because I have all those old-time Disney uh, children's books. Uh, he actually f- went on to become VP of Sales Promotions. He wrote the backstory. And it also seems like Bob Sherman, who I'll, we'll talk about a little bit later, also had a hand in creating the backstory. So the deal was worth $3 million. And the purpose was to simultaneously promote the Florida Citrus Growers and the Sunshine Tree Terrace in Adventureland. And that was in Disneyland, the Adventureland in Disneyland, because Walt, Walt Disney World wasn't created yet. No, I, it, from what I could tell, it was like all of the stuff that I read. It's kind of murky. Yeah, it was very time. murky about which park they're talking about. It seemed to me like they were almost exclusive i think that eventually it did bleed over into california but i think a lot of the things that took like took place primarily in disney in, world I, that's in the Florida. feeling i got but okay. i could be completely so they, wrong because about that. disney world didn't open until 1971 so they created the character before that right well, and essentially they, to use him as a mascot in advertising and right, then exactly. once once disney world opened exactly. they pulled him in there okay. exactly yeah so Again, that was actually my next point was, although the park didn't open until 1971, Orange Bird debuted in 1970. So he was out before the park opened um, because the par- they were using him in promo materials. So after this, the, so the, the idea was after this tropical serenade show finished, the guests would pass by the Sunshine Tree Terrace where they could get a mixture of vanilla soft serve and... Orange orange slushy. So, so I guess a similar, I don't know if it's the same drink as what they're serving now, 
but probably it's a similar. It sounds similar to yeah. what they're serving in the Orange Bird cups now. Yeah, it sounds exactly. It sounds super similar. It's kind of like a gelati, but I felt like the Orange Bird that we had. They say it was a slushy, but it it tasted too smooth. It almost tasted just like orange soft serve. It was it was just really really good, <laughs> regardless. So it seems like a similar mixture. And another fun fact about this that I found in one of the the uh, articles that I read. Which, uh, was that Disney owned the right to or- the rights to Orange Bird, so they had a ten year contract with the the Citrus Commission, and so every time they wanted to use him in promo materials, they had to pay Disney. So I think the first ten years it was one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, and then after that, I forget what the the, the extension contract was. It was like either five or eight years, or something along those lines. It was one hundred ninety million dollars or one hundred ninety thousand dollars. Sorry, millions a huge jump. Uh, a year so they made some pretty nice money off of the florida citrus commission uh from orange bird and finally eventually they stopped paying that because they didn't want to and it kind of just sort of faded away which we'll talk about later so again as i was saying just to back up a little orange bird appeared in the parks in print and in radio ads the sherman brothers uh, who you actually, I mentioned them to you and you were like, oh my goodness. Yeah, so they did the music for Mary Poppins, probably yep. most famously, and a lot of a lot of other things as well, but I right. knew them for Mary Poppins. Yeah, Mary they did Poppins. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, The Aristocats, The Jungle Book, except for Bare Necessities, and most notably, they wrote It's a Small World. So they're pretty ballin', like they're, okay. they're boss. So they... I don't know, though, if we should love them or hate them, though, for writing It's a Small World. <laughs> I think depending on who you talk to, they may not be fans of the Sherman Brothers <laughs> because of that. I like that song. No, I do too. I, I do too. But I, there's a lot of people that, you know, you ask them what their nightmare is and it's getting stuck on It's a Small World and hearing <laughs> hearing that song over and over again. So Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's a, it's, I don't know, it's a pretty cool song. So they wrote a song for Orange Bird, which of course, as soon as I found out that Orange Bird had a song, I had to go out and find it. So... Here is the Orange Bird song, which you will have in your head for the rest of the day. You're welcome. So this little song, orange bird, little orange bird. <laughs> they the write catchy country. songs. Small world's catchy. It's, this it is. is catchy. It's true. They're very, they're very good songwriters. They are. So this song uh, it was sung by Anita Bryant, who was a former Miss America contestant. So that, and she also was the the spokesperson for the Florida Citrus Commission. So she would appear in. Was she from Florida? we'll go with yes that's probably okay. that's a Pro- smart question to ask that i should have asked myself well it makes sense you said she was miss america contestant yeah she was a miss america yeah so contestant. she was probably from florida yeah maybe so she became their spokesperson and uh, somebody out there right now is yelling who is like the biggest fan of the miss america pageant and knows like every contestant like yes of course she's from florida or, no she's not <laughs> she's from nebraska yeah. you idiots yeah exactly so uh, they yeah they appeared in commercials together and and the like and of course she did some promotional things for them so in the parks now Orange Bird was on March third nineteen seventy one 
Orange Bird caught the Orange Bird costume character made his debut at a press event in Lakeland, Florida. So wasn't in Disney World, but he his the costume character made his debut then. And then about six months later, he began walking around Adventureland, and you could find him outside of the Enchanted Tiki Room. So here's the fun part for you, young listeners. Uh, so Speak not for yourself. Moms. I'm young. <laughs> no, for you, young listeners. In Disney World and Disneyland, characters used to just walk around. Like you would just see them and you could just walk up to them on the street and get their autographs or, and your parents would snap a photo with, with them. Like they were just yeah. walking around. Some, some still do, but yeah. For the, uh, but they have like for the, Well, but for the most spots. part, and it's because it's too crowded. There's yeah. too many people there now to, to do that. Right. I mean, if Mickey Mouse was out walking around, he would there get would, mobbed. Yeah, there'd be a stampede. It, it's it's too difficult to do from a guest flow. But yeah, you're right. They, I remember that that they used to be out. They were just more. out and about. Yeah, right. and you'd go and I had a hat and like you'd go out and walk up and they would just interact with you briefly. I do think that now they kind of probably give you a little bit more time with them. Right, and a lot more and, I would say are indoors too, which makes it nicer to wait. Well, yeah, yeah. You're not out in that Florida it sun. Definitely, it definitely helps get you out of the, not becoming the hot a, sun burnt orange bird <laughs> so yeah so this this is the thing that used to happen and then probably i'm guessing sort of around the time that the florida citrus commission stopped paying for him and after people kind of knew what he was and what he was for in about 1987 he went, he, went into that disney vault yeah he kind of <laughs> got locked in the disney vault he kind of disappeared from the parks and this is the the part where you know where a, a year or two later when I, we were born so that's why you and i both had never really heard of him we didn't know because he wasn't really present in our childhood like he was in those kids from the 70s childhood and early 80s so in 2004 he was featured in Tokyo Disneyland beca- and because of his popular or because of his popularities in the park and now they do merchandising that can cons- coincides with Japan's- I'm sure they love him in Japan. Oh, I bet. Cuz they had a whole thing I forget ca- what those were called. Kind of digressing a little bit when when we were uh, at Epcot this year uh, going into the Japan Pavilion, they had this whole exhibit on like the cuteness wave of Japan and how they love every like they just love everything cute like it's part of their culture now and it was really interesting because you do you see this they have Hello Kitty they have Pokemon they have all these other things and it came out of after the World War when they were kind of trying to rebuild Japan and you know it was kind of a depressing time that people started creating these cute characters to try to like uplift people I'm gonna go Yuruchara so. Uh- Y U R U hyphen C H A R A. Yeah, y- yeah, Yuruchara. So yeah. that's that is the movement of like the the category of mascot characters created to promote a place, region, event, organization, or business. Right, but but they just I mean they have this kind of just cuteness culture in general, and it it grew out of that of of post war trying to rebuild, and trying to keep things clear up light. the depression. Yeah, keep things light and happy, and it and then it just kind of took hold even more. And I think they said you know it it integrated in schools, so now they just have this insane culture of all these like 
cutesy little things and stuff. But yeah, Orangeburg yeah. would fit in perfectly. Really f- I wouldn't call as it a insane little... culture. I'd call it really fun. And then no, no, even... just no, just yeah, insane yeah. and like the fandom of it. Yes, like, exactly. Like and how insane Marvel things... fans are that they yes. all went to go see. Endgame, and other things so. grew out of it, like. Uh, I think it's like the Kawhi movement or whatever, which is basically you dress in what makes you happy, not in what's socially normal or whatever. So exactly. Th- those are the right. things where you'll see people people walking around in their uh, like cat ears and wearing really high boots. And it's not really like quote unquote fashionable. It's just kind of really cute. So yeah, yeah it's just like it, you do you. Yeah, you like, do yep, you. Do what yep, makes you happy. Yep. So, so yeah, they would love Orange Bird. Yeah, they would. So he, they would do mer- merchandising that, coincides with japanese japan's orange day on april 14th so i found this in an article and then i tried to look up orange day because i was very interested in what that meant wikipedia says that there's a japanese orange day but there is no page for it so if you're somebody who knows anything about this i would love to know because it sounds really interesting but i couldn't really dig up anything in english at least that would tell me much about it or maybe it's i don't know completely made up we'll see so uh but he did make a comeback in the US in 2012. He's he was on a lot of he's on a lot of merchandises, merch, dresses, purses, a lot of flower and gover, uh, garden merch like now and he is most excitedly excitedly on the uh in the orange bird slushy for me cuz you know, oh, so delicious. And he also made a cameo in 2016 in the, as in the comic book book series Disney Kingdom's Enchanted Tiki Room. So he's been everywhere. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy that we kind of. I've never him. heard of him. Yeah, yeah, before this. And I mean, I kind of see. I think I'd kind of seen him, but it's one of those. It's that effect that you know, whenever you know of something, you notice it more. And now that we know of him, like when we were down at Disney, we saw him all over the place. Yeah, and like I said when you asked earlier, I may have known he existed, but I think even if I did, I didn't necessarily equate him to Disney. Right. You know. So I think now. Now, yeah, it's much more in the consciousness. Right, right. And again, because we, you, when you think about him, he wasn't he wasn't in like, he didn't originate a Disney movie like Pinocchio or something like that. He grew out of something completely different. <laughs> that was a funny <laughs> pun. <laughs> he grew out of something completely different. And he has his own cartoons, actually, that were designed by Disney Education. It's called, I think there are a couple, but there's one that's called foods and fun and a nutrition adventure and it's all about how and it kind of gives his backstory about how he's from birdville which is in the north and tells how he ended up down that like in florida So he's from the north does he know john snow he he's uh he's met a few white walkers in his day (laughs) he's he's from north north of the wall then Uh uh-huh oh he's from the north okay and yeah, so it talks I about, hope we I have mean, Game of Thrones fans who listen to this because otherwise <laughs> they are very confused and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so if you don't watch Game of Thrones, you can just ignore the last 30 seconds. Uh, if you do watch Game of Thrones, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it, it's a very it was it's a really cute cartoon. I would suggest watching it. And it goes over the the now outdated food pyramid and talks about you know what what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat but it, it it's pretty cute um so yeah so it's like you said orange bird like they are bringing him back and i don't know if maybe he'll become more of a staple around flower and garden because like you said they had the cups you know we saw pins with the orange bird they had a magic shot mm-hmm. with orange bird this year that we got right outside of so if you go down you want the orange bird magic shot 
where you buy the drink, right opposite of that, if there's a photo pass photographer there, they do a magic shot where you kind of hold your hand out and similar to like how Tinkerbell or yeah. Sebastian will sit on your hand, Orange Bird sits on your hand. Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, that's pretty much all I have. Uh, special thanks to Rob Plays on YouTube, allears.net, and Wikipedia for the information that I got. Uh, they particularly, I mean, the, the first two in particular did a really nice deep dive into Orange Bird where I got a lot of my information from. Good. All right. So we, uh, I think we'll have time for a question. So this week's question uh, comes from Lise. Uh, she posted on our Facebook page and she asked um, kind of her, her question was around, you know, giving a comparison, comparing and contrasting of similar rides at the different parks between Disneyland and Disney World. So for those of you who may not know, Disneyland and Disney World have the same rides at both parks. So for instance, Space Mountain, yeah, largely Pirates, the same. Pirates of the Caribbean, they're the same rides, but then they also have rides. <laughs> Space Mountain and Pirates of the Caribbean aren't the same rides, but they have rides no, no, in they both have, parks. But they, they, each those, have, they yes. each have a version of those rides. But then there's also rides like the Indiana Jones Adventure in Disneyland and Dinosaur in Disney World, which are the same ride system just different themed uh, Tower of Terror is another good example. They have Tower of Terror in Disney World, and then the Tower of Terror rides the same ride system essentially, but it's Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout in Disneyland. So she just asked about you know kind of comparing those. I, I thought it would be good to you know maybe talk about some of the differences between them, but talk about it from the perspective of kind of like what's our favorite, like which like which one we like better and why. And I did ask on our Facebook page recently, specifically about Space Mountain, of what's your favorite version? Um, because that one has it. There's a difference of it's uh, it's the car it's, size. Yeah, yeah. It's one. So it's one seat in Disney World, and it's two, uh, seats, two seats side by side in Disneyland. And it's a little bit. I think Disneyland, Disney World's a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, Disneyland has different music on it and things so the music in disneyland it was cool yeah like that's a cool addition right but but so i asked on facebook what's your favorite version and by far so it was like 84 percent, i think to 16 percent was disney world Mm -hmm. which i think we both agree with i think that's a superior version yeah and i think we even talked about this in our episode where we talk about our most recent trip down uh we thought that I guess I'm kind of going into the the next one too, but we thought that Guardians of the Galaxy, the, the mission, mission breakout, breakout was a far superior ride to Disney World's Tower of Terror. So we kind of bypassed that and said, okay, well we're riding, we'll ride Space Mountain because that one, you know, that one's better. And so the we last bi- thing that we had ridden, we bypassed was the one Tower in of Terror at Disney World this time because it was a long line. We said, hey, we don't need to ride it. There's other things that we haven't ridden before. Right. And we think, you know, we like Mission Breakout better anyways. Right. And and really, and again, it's the pretty much the exact same ride. You're just dropping up and down. But I'd the, say that the, the, the difference is more significant. It. The theming of it is, is so much better. Terror. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mission, Mission Breakout. Breakout. Yeah. But what I was saying is the ride is essentially the same ride, but it is, there are some differences. So Disney World you you move forward through that i don't know if it's the fifth dimension is what they call it so you, you kind of come out of the elevator shaft right. and you move forward into the twilight zone and then you go to the drop 
tower whereas in disneyland you just immediately do the drops so it is a a slightly different ride mechanism but the theming of it is completely different so it's a lot more fun with mission breakout where it's screens you see the guardians there's music playing it's just it's just such a good time yeah. Um, compared it's to, just, and it depends probably World. on your preference too. If you're a person that likes scary, the scary kind of ride, or then you're you, gonna like Tower of Terror. Or if you like the original, you're right. gonna hate Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, mean, but the Guardians of the Galaxy ride is just it takes a ride that can be very terrifying and makes it fun. Like it is just a good time. You get to jam out to one of the really cool classic rock songs that would be featured in like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and. Uh, you get to see little snippets of the characters and it's almost it's almost an extension of the movie because you get to see scenes that aren't in the movies. It's particularly those are specifically made for the ride. So right, it's right. a lot of it's just a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster they're building at Epcot for that very reason, because I think it's going to be very similar. It's going to be it's going to be a th- it's a thrill ride because it's a roller coaster. So it's going to go fast. There's going to be, it's going to be fun and exciting. You know, you're going to laugh. Like you're going to see, you know, original things filmed just for it. So I think it's going to be a really good time. Oh, and the show before is awesome. Oh yeah. All the pre-show and the the queue and everything. And the the queue and Rocket Raccoon walking around and kind of informing you of what's going on and disappearing and reappearing in places. Yeah. That, that whole scene where you're getting ready to ride the ride, but you're not on it is incredible they did a really good job and that kind of goes to show you that they don't always need to build brand new rides that just overlaying existing rides they mm-hmm. can do a really good they job frozen is another nice good example of that fitting, yeah. yeah frozen is another good example that's a great ride where they just overlaid an existing um kind of ride system so yeah uh, and i think so we talked about a couple the last one i mentioned is indiana jones and dinosaur and a this lot didn't of, even hit me as the same ride until you just told yeah. me like a little bit ago yeah and a lot of people may not realize this but the indiana jones ride in disneyland and dinosaur in, in animal kingdom are essentially the exact same ride and ride layout um just themed completely differently so one is, you know, is around Dinosaur, and one's around Indiana Jones. Dinosaur, I, the movie was it around the movie? Yeah, it, it was based on it was based on the movie. I we only rode Indiana Jones once, um, but I think I probably like that one better, just because so much of the dinosaur ride is in the dark. Now it did look like they made some updates to it when we rode it the last time, where more. Uh, you could see the dinosaurs better and there was some additional like lighting effects right. which which was uh, which was pretty fun and it was a little bit smoother this time when we rode it but i, I don't know i think i kind of like the indiana jones just because it's a uh, there's more to see you're going through like the temple of doom and you're recreating the india like famous indiana jones scenes yeah um i think i mean i, I think- for riding it once what i remember i think i would probably like the indiana jones version better right i i would probably I would probably agree, but at the same time, I think that I would probably have to re-ride both rides very close together because I really can't. I, I mean, they are both very fun rides, but they have the similar, you know, surprise elements to them. So, I, yeah, I think that the Indy. Yeah, I just think Indy is just a. Cool. It's, more a, it's grander. It's grander too. It's yeah. it's a it's a little bit bigger of a show building. There's some more effects to it, um, so I think that just kind of helps it overall. Um, but yeah, but some of the other ones like Pirates of the Caribbean, 
they're pretty much the same. There are some slight differences in the scenes. The in Disneyland, the like first part of the ride kind of goes through the queue and the restaurant where there is no restaurant in, in Disney World. So there are some differences. And they but, added some new scenes and- too with like the octopus that has uh, gold pieces. I I actually think that I would say I prefer the Disneyland version because of I, I just think it has more to it and they've updated it a little bit and kept it up a little nicer than the one in Disney World. And that's the original one too, the one at Disneyland. So. Yeah. Yeah, but so but by and large, but like Jungle Cruise, they're essentially exactly the same in both parks. Haunted Mansion's pretty much the same. So yeah, so those are those are some of the rides. So there's Disney does that where they kind of put the same ride in various parks, one to save money, one because people love the ride so much they want it at the park closer to them. <laughs> so but but there are some that, like we said, are, are similar rides that you may not know are the same ride because they're themed differently. It's not like it's Jungle Cruise and Jungle Cruise. It's Dinosaur and Indiana Jones, things like that. So, so uh, you know, want to thank um, Lise for a question again. Yeah, again, thanks, Lise. It, yeah, I was on Facebook. So if you have a question, uh, you can ask it on Facebook. We're at Enchanted Ears Podcast or through our website, www.enchantedearspodcast.com slash podcast question. Um, I think that pretty much wraps up yeah, the again, show for this week. Thanks to Rob's play on YouTube, allyears.net, and Wikipedia. Yeah, so that that's 50 episodes. Yeah. So I think it's it's going pretty good. I, I kind of wish I had a bottle of like champagne right here so we could pop it. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't ask you what your, like, what your favorite episode we've done so far is. Ooh. I re-listened to them all because I edit them. So I, <laughs> I kind of listen to them all. I listen to re-listen yeah, to I, them too. I don't know that I have a specific favorite one. I, I do think I really liked... Um, last year when we did the ranking the MCU up to that point and we kind of did a bracket style. That was a fun one. Yeah, I think th- I think those were pretty fun. That was one of the more fun ones to research and record. But I also would say that I think that we've had a couple recently where I also just really enjoyed some of the little side conversations that we've had. So, um, so I, I think that the VIP tour was probably one of the more fun ones we've recorded. No, that was the, that was a super VIP tour. That was no expense spared <laughs> VIP tour. Yeah, that was the like that was the balling one. That was the one that we said LeBron James we, would go on. We hit the power ball when we're going big time VIP. That was it. <laughs> that was his dream big. Yeah, that that was a good one just to kind of pretend like we could uh, afford to do something like that. <laughs> so yeah, I think that would be my favorite. Yeah, so that was it's it's been good. So we're looking to the next fifty from here so we'll keep it going but yeah and again and it, and thank you yeah i'll say it wouldn't be possible without everybody yeah. listening thank you for listening thank you for supporting us thanks for asking our your like questions and following us on social media and leaving us reviews which all really really help with us being able to gain some sort of traction and spread exactly so we'll catch you here next week and remember have, have a, a magical, magical day, day. For me, think funny thoughts, think funny thoughts, or sunny words, or sunny words that will make me happy, little.
and beautiful orange words, though his little beak can't even beat a squeak. All the thoughts he ever spoke appear in orange smoke. That's what makes the orange bird unique. Little orange bird, little orange bird, in the sunshine tree, in the sunshine tree. Won't you think of something sunny just for me? Think of funny thoughts, think of funny thoughts, or a sunny word, or a sunny word that will make me happy. Gonna be feeling blue. You can use a little orange thought or two. When you start in blushing pink, or your temper turns you red, that's when the orange bird can see you through. Little orange bird, little orange bird, in the sunshine tree, in the sunshine tree. Won't you think of something sunny just for me? Or a sunny word, or a sunny word that will make me happy. 